something that can easily trip us up as songwriters can be plot progressions. We know that we need a first verse and a second verse, sometimes even a third verse. Usually the bridge is a part of the story. The chorus might be mostly around central themes, but that might be a part of the story. So how do we put all these pieces together? There's a plot to our song. Even if our plot, which we've talked about before, doesn't necessarily advance in time, there still is a sense of plot. There's a sense of movement. The song needs to be going somewhere. So today we're going to talk about three rules of song plot progressions. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Vidala. Happy to be getting the opportunity to speak with you today, getting to hang out with you wherever you may be when you're listening to this. Maybe you're in the car. Maybe it's late Friday night and you don't want to go to bed yet. So you decided to listen to this podcast. Whatever your scenario is, uh, I appreciate you being here with me. And uh, before diving in, we are talking about lyric stuff today. So if you want to dive even deeper with me on lyrics, be sure to check out my six-step lyric writing checklist. It walks you through the process all the way from just accumulating song ideas, like lyric ideas, theme ideas, theme ideas, all that sort of stuff, uh, all the way to a lyric that you can be really proud of. There's six steps. I think a lot of why... Uh, we go wrong as songwriters in lyrics and why we find them so frustrating is uh, we try to do like six steps worth of stuff, obviously, uh, in one, right? You stare at a blank page and you're like, I'm going to write lyrics now. And to me, that's like skipping a ton of steps um, and sets us up to fail. And it can be done. I did that for years before I, you know, have been worked out this checklist uh, that really helps to make this process so much more pain-free. Um, so if you're interested, want to dive deeper on that, be sure to check that out. That's a songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. I'll also put a link in the description to that. Um, but, but without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, without further ado, <laughs> it feels so weird to say that. It's okay. You can laugh at me. I deserve it. That was, it came off weird. It just, doesn't seem like a thing that I can pull off. Some people can say that and pull it off. I feel like I didn't pull it off. It's okay. We can be honest with each other. We're good friends. Uh, unless we just met. Uh, but you know what? I'm a chill guy. You can laugh at me anyway. That's okay. So first rule, world build early, uh, establish your most important context imagery, uh, because context isn't lost. Context stays for the whole song. Whenever whenever you write something, whenever you establish something, that now becomes context. As soon as something has happened, as soon as it becomes the past, that's now context. So what do I, what do I, is that's a confusing opening point. What, what does that mean? Uh, when I say world build early, really what I'm saying is establish the setting, establish the imagery that some of the song is going to circle around. So for example, if the whole plot of the song is going to be, you know, you visualize it as maybe a breakup happening uh, on, near in a beautiful mountain range uh, with with trees all around and there's a mountain in the distance and, you know, the sun is setting because, of course, it's a breakup. So, of course, the sun is setting and not rising unless you want to go ironic with it, I guess. 
Um, so if you establish in the first couple lines of the song, the imagery of, you know, there's a mountain and the sunset is tucking itself behind that mountain and you're gazing towards it with tear-filled eyes, right? The second you give me that image, now you're free in the chorus and in the second verse and in the bridge to never again mention anything about setting or anything in the physical world, right? You can just talk about how devastated you are and you can talk about how you're, you know, thinking about all the pleasant memories and how you never thought it was going to end and blah, blah, blah. And I still have the context. I still have the image of you thinking about this as you're staring at the sunset tucking itself behind a mountain. But if you don't give me any imagery at all or any setting at all until the second verse, now I'm I'm already like confused and I, I can't like recontextualize everything later knowing like, oh, well, uh, okay, I get now that what he said earlier in the song or what she said earlier in the song was in this context of, you know, they had gone on a hike and, and the, you know, the, the sunset is happening. And so it's not, it's almost nighttime and, it, it, you know, there's beautiful mountains in the back. Like that's not how it works, right? So establish that stuff early and then it allows you to be free, freed up to like not talk about it again. So when you talk about the depth of your feelings in the second verse, we still have that context that you built in the very beginning of the song. Think of it like uh, an example I heard once. <clears throat> I want to say it's in Writing Better Lyrics by Pat Patterson. Don't hold me to that, but I want to say it was from that. A really good analogy is the idea of, <clears throat> for example, if you put paint on a wall at the top, gravity brings it down and it colors everything beneath it, right? Like if you just throw paint at the top of a wall, it's going to all come down to the floor. It's going to it's going to paint all the way down. Whereas if you put paint in the middle of the wall, it's not going to go it's not going to paint the whole, it's going to do half of the wall, right? So it's like that with color in this case being imagery. Right? Because at the, it's hard for us to attach to anything we don't have imagery for. Which is why at the beginning of books, that's why I said world build, by the way. At the beginning of books, you'll notice they tend to do a lot of things with world building early. Right? Of course, they're character building and all that, but you'll notice there's a lot of information they give you that's meant to quickly give you a visual of what does this world look like, right? Is it in the 1500s? Is it deep in the future? What does that future look like? Are the buildings made of metal or are the buildings huts of grass, right? Is, is this in a desert or is this in the mountain range, right? All that sort of stuff usually is established early. That way you have the image and now you can get on with the story. <clears throat> so another way to think of this, right, is an, an audiobook or audio story, right? If you already have the context of you know about Star Wars, when you hear TIE Fighter, you just have an image, right? So you can just, you think nothing of it. If you're not a Star Wars fan, you're confused. You're like, TIE Fighter, Thrawn, Darth Vader. Like, what, what are all these words, right? Like, I, I don't know what any of this means. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, okay, Thrawn, the, you know, the blue guy with the red eyes, right? Wait, yellow eye? Why am I questioning that? It doesn't matter. Regardless, Thrawn's awesome. But uh, for some reason, I'm forgetting the eye part. I feel like it depends on the new version or the... Anyway, 
um, or, you know, Green Goblin, right? Let's take Spider-Man. Like I, I have, a, I have a visual of Green Goblin in my head and mine might be different than yours, but the reality is when I hear Green Goblin that I already have the context that allows me to have the image so I can just ride with you. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Green Goblin, you can move on. So establish who, when, and where as early as you can to inform the rest of the song, right? Who's the song about? When is it taking place? Which may change over the course of the song. That's okay. And where? There might not always be a where, but it's usually still good to establish imagery. Number two, don't repeat yourself. Dry. If you've ever heard of the dry principle, that's an easy way to remember this. Dry as in D-R-Y. Don't repeat yourself. So I think this is the ultimate thing, the, the most universally true thing. Each song section should have something they bring to the table that nothing else brings. Let me say that again. Each song section should have something they bring to the table that nothing, no other song section quite brings. In other words, something needs to change at the end of each song section. If at the if 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 by the end of uh, so first verse happens, right? And then chorus happens. If after the second verse is complete, if I really don't have like nothing's really changed since the last time I heard the chorus, that chorus hasn't been recontextualized somewhat or added depth of meaning to it somehow. And basically in the second verse, you just said what you said in the first verse, just in a different way. Then that's how I, I zone out, right? I'm not, I, it doesn't matter anymore. It feels like you're starting to go in circles, right? The best way to take the air out of your song is to seem like you're standing still or, you know, doggy paddling in place in the water, right? Or going in circles rather than heading in a destination, right? And if you're not showing movement, if not every song section moves the song forward somehow, adds depth somehow, changes things somehow, then it feels like you're just marching in place. And just like a, a show plot or a movie plot, right? You need to feel like it's not just staying in place or going in circles and that the writers are like, well, you know, we really don't have any plot ideas left, but the season, you know, the show was just, uh, we thought this show was going to end, but turns out we get a whole other season, but really we're kind of at the end of the plot. So now we're just going to like do stuff, but really we're just circling the end and we're just adding crap that like every, you see that you notice that and everybody hates that, right? You can tell when a song or book or whatever is meandering. It doesn't really know where it's going. And that's how it loses you, right? It needs to be heading in a direction. That doesn't mean it can't change directions sometimes. It just means it needs to feel like it's going somewhere. And our song plots need to be the same, right? So don't repeat yourself. Make sure that when you look at a verse or, or sorry, any song section, right? That that song section is not covering what has already been covered, and there are several ways to do this, right? Like, for example, uh, a common plot progression will have something where, like, the present situation is the chorus. And then your first verse might be the future you hope for. And the second verse is uh, the past to contextualize uh, how we got to the present, right? So... You know, you can almost look at it like getting a, you know, we start with future, right? So you get 
you know, sequels first, and then you get a prequel to that, and then you get the prequel to that, right? So it, it keeps adding context to like, you know, here's how this villain, where, where they came from, right? Uh, here's their backstory. See, they're not so bad, or at least it's understandable how they became so bad or whatever. So don't repeat yourself. If you get nothing else from this episode, it's that dry, the dry principle. Do not, or don't, D, repeat, R, yourself. Why? Dry. Probably number one tip in here. And finally, number three, um, perhaps tied for most important. I almost regret saying that's the most important. Uh, most universal, maybe, but... Also universal. Well, all, all of these are universal. So forget what I said. These are all important. Um, build on top of what came before. Don't build next to it. So like any good movie franchise or book series, show, comic book, etc., things should build from what came before. Right? We don't have time for an anthology series here. Your song's four minutes, right? We don't have time for a side story. If you have a TV show that's, you know, 20 episodes long per season, that can sort of afford to have one or two episodes that are sort of side stories that don't even have the main character in it, and it concentrates on, on like, uh, building up the character of a side character, right? Or, or, you know, diving into a side character's past or something to establish them more as a character, right? That, you can afford to do that when you have 26 episodes per season or something. Um, I would argue you can't when you have like eight or 12, looking at you, like Disney Plus series and stuff. Like when you only have eight to 12 episodes, like every single thing better be like moving, uh, advancing the plot. But anyway, your song's four minutes. No, so no time for meandering. So your second verse should feel like it's building on what was established in both the first verse and the chorus. The bridge should build off of what the verses and the chorus has established. Don't do a travelogue. Travelogue meaning, you know, you sort of have a central theme in your chorus and all your verses are loosely connected to the theme, but the verses aren't really connected to each other, if that makes sense. So... Your song should be completely interconnected. None of this travelogue stuff where there's a central theme, but the whole rest of the song's totally disconnected. Let me give you a ridiculous example. Uh, let's let's take uh, okay, verse one. I get a bad grade on my test. Chorus: Life sucks, and then you die. Uh, we're going humorous. Uh, Dark, apparently. So, I got a bad grade on my test. Life sucks and then you die. Why is wedding food disgusting and dry and really disappointing and yet expensive as crud? Life sucks and then you die. Right, back to the chorus. Uh, verse three. Uh, why is Disney wildly incompetent at creating a sequel trilogy with any even tiny level of quality or care or uh, continuity or respect for its previous characters? Uh, you know, Build on top of what already is there, what came before. Like, don't undermine what was there before. Don't totally change characters overnight just because it fits the plot you want. All right, I'm done throwing shade at sequel trilogy. 
Um, so life sucks and then you die, right? Those things have no, there's no connection between I got a bad grade on my test. Why is wedding food disgusting and expensive? And why is Disney wildly incompetent? With a sequel trilogy specifically. Those things are completely disconnected outside of the very loose connection of life sucks and then you die. So don't do that. Because it just doesn't feel cohesive. It tends to get people to zone out because it's just like, I don't know, it's just a, it's like a listicle or whatever those are called, right? It's just 10 different, like, who cares? Right? You're not deepening. The, 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 there's no added depth of meaning to life sucks and then you die when you clarify, like, I got a bad grade and wedding food is kind of gross. Um, and I shouldn't say gross. It's really just dry and underwhelming and ridiculously stupidly expensive, which, by the way, pro tip, uh, I've been to a bunch of weddings, and I swear I'm not being biased about this. My wedding had the best food. And it was cheap. We got, and everybody loved it. Everybody raved about it. We got City Barbecue. It was, I believe, $10 a person, which most wedding food is somewhere from 40 to 80 per plate per person, right? So significantly less, either an eighth or a quarter of normal. And it wasn't, you know, the stupid dried piece of chicken with some really pretentious but kind of disgusting vegetables. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you know it came from a can, uh, and it's like carrots and green beans that are cooked poorly, and the chicken is dry, and then they give you, like, some sad potato that they, like, cut open in a, like, fancy pattern to try to manipulate you into thinking, oh, well, it's a good thing that the person who put on this wedding paid $80 for this dish so that we could have a potato that had, like, a fancy cut in it or something stupid, right? Um, So anyway. If you have city barbecue and you're trying to put on a wedding and you want to have food that's actually decent and not break the bank, highly recommend the city barbecue thing. It's good stuff. Anyway, side completely irrelevant pro tips over. So generally, when thinking about your second verse specifically, because second verse is kind of sort of the bane of the songwriter's existence in the sense that it is the hardest part of a song to write almost universally for many reasons. I've covered the reasons in podcasts before, so we won't go there here, but second verse, I call it second verse. Hell it's, uh, it is not uncommon for me to spend more time working on the lyrics of the second verse than the entire rest of the song combined. Like legitimately that, that happens sometimes. Um, that might be a little overstated. Uh, on average, it's probably not that long. But I, the lyrics of the second verse, I would guess, average about 20% of my total songwriting time, um, give or take, uh, which is a lot, given it's just the lyrics of one song section. Um, but generally, your second verse, if, if, if we want to keep it simple, Think of it as it should move in either a time direction or a depth direction. Let's talk about what both those mean. So time direction means, you know, if your first verse was in the past, your second verse could be a possible future, right? So you can think of this as like, you know, fan theories, right? Past, in this case, being what's established canon, what's happened in the movies, and now you and your friends are talking, ooh, what could happen in the next 
movie, right? What's going to happen in season four of Cobra Kai? Fan theories, right? Uh, so possible future, right? Because we don't know if that's what's actually going to happen in season four of Cobra Kai or, you know, next Star Wars thing or whatever. Or, you know, to keep on Star Wars, expanded universe, right? That's essentially what that was, is, you know, a bunch of authors contributing what they think, you know, could be a possible future for the characters that George Lucas established. Um, so time direction, right? Or, and and of course, you know, you you can start with the future, right? You can have the hope for the future in the first verse, and then the second verse can go to the past. Or maybe, you know, your chorus doesn't have the present. Often the present is in the chorus, but, you know, maybe you don't have that. Maybe the chorus is just very theme-driven and doesn't really have a time, or, you know, maybe that's in the future, who knows. Um, but, you know, just just think about you should be moving in time. Or, because not all songs move through time, right? Some songs are effectively all taking place in an instant. There's no sense of passage of time. Um, and in that case, move in a depth direction. So what that means is um, that you either dive deeper and get more personal and intimate in the second verse, right? Like the first verse is maybe a little more general, but the second one really gets close to the heart and gets really detailed uh, when, it com- when it comes to the specific feelings or sp- you know specific plot elements or whatever it is. Uh, or... Or it moves in the opposite direction, where it sort of becomes more universal, right? It's very common, for example, to, you know, your first verse is I, and then in the second verse, you open up to we, right? So the first verse is very much the lead singer talking about them, and then the second verse is like, sing with me. This is the universal human. We all experience this, right? So that's another depth direction. Right in that case, you're 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 moving in the opposite direction, right? You're getting less deep in the in the sense of not deep as in meaningful, but deep as in, you know, at first you were constrained to one person's experience, and now you've expanded it to include, you know, everybody who's listening to the song, a more universal we rather than just I. <clears throat> so, and, oh, and by the way, by the way, back to the the <clears throat> the time direction. If if you think of, you know, uh, a first verse where it's the future that you hope for and a second verse where you contextualize where you're coming from by giving the past, right? So the past kind of recontextualizes the fact that you have the f- uh, future you hope for and you have the present maybe established in the chorus, right? So your first verse is like, here's the future I hope for. Your chorus is, here's where I currently am. And then your second verse might go back in time and say, okay, here's to contextualize where I am today and what I'm hoping for in the future. Let me give you my backstory or or the backstory of the thing I'm talking about. Think of that like, uh, let's go back to Star Wars, the prequels or any prequels. This is true of any prequels, right? Usually what prequels fundamental thing is, is they add depth to, you know, the current and the future that you, you already have. Right, so however you feel about the Star Wars prequels, they add depth to the the character and the character arc of Darth Vader. Right, they add depth to the conflict that he has, his love for his son, and you know his ultimate turn back to the light. The prequels add so much 
context to that to make it even more meaningful and awesome. Um, so second verse, move in a time direction or a depth direction. And overall, your chorus should have added depth the second time around due to the weight that the second verse added. So every single new entry from your song should add weight to the song. It shouldn't take away weight. It shouldn't be confusing. And back to the original point that we're building off of here. If you remember, I said build on top of what came before. Don't build next to it, right? The idea is you're building one skyscraper higher and higher, making that one building more and more weighty, you know, weighs more. Or, you know, whatever analogy you want to have, right? You're making the one pizza bigger and bigger, adding more and more dough to it rather than, this is a weird example, uh, rather than like making a second pizza with the dough, right? That might be the weirdest analogy and possibly worst I've ever given in the history of this now 152 episode show. So mark that in your calendars, ladies and gents. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> there should be added weight for each song section. And a, a way to think about this, uh, we're going classic Joseph today. We have a lot of Star Wars already, so I'm going to throw The Office at you, and then I'm going to go back to Star Wars for a second. Uh, so if you are not a fan of The Office or Star Wars, this is going to be a rough episode for you, apparently. Um, but I, I, I use these things partially because I love them, partially because uh, most people understand at least the basics of Star Wars. Uh, almost everybody, I think. It's about as universal a, a movie thing that I can reference. And The Office is pretty close as far as TV shows come. So uh, anyway, when we're talking about the added depth thing, uh, two show and movie things to consider about sort of what I'm talking about here. The Office in general, as a sitcom, the, if, you, if you don't like it, you probably, A, either just try to watch the first season and the first season's kind of rough and everybody warns you, you got to just give it a shot and eventually you'll love it. And, you know, eventually, usually people end up loving the first season, but they usually have to get through it the first time around, et cetera. But anyway, the reason why The Office, unlike a lot of other sitcoms, is not, it's not written in a way that you can just watch a random episode in season four without having any context before it, and you're going to miss a lot. Because a lot of the humor is based on what's established about the characters, established tensions, and, and jokes build over time. Which is why when people watch random episodes, they're like, I don't get it. Well, that's because it, this, this is a show that's very important to build over time. It's not like a Seinfeld or Everybody Loves Raymond where there's some building over time. But for the most part, everything is just – you can watch the one episode. All the jokes are just within the context of that episode for the most part. Um Great example of this, just because I think everybody at least knows like the meme or gif of it or gif, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, is the Mi Michael Scott with the no, 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 that whole thing, right? And, you know, I always thought, oh, that's kind of funny when I saw it before I had seen The Office. And it is, in and of itself, just pretty pretty humorous. Uh, but when you watch the show and you get to the point where he that scene happens, it is absolutely hysterical because of the context and the depth of that is added to the emotion. You understand why he feels that emotion in the moment. 
because it centers around this whole, it's like five seasons or six seasons worth of building up Michael's hatred of Toby. Toby finally leaves and then he comes back unexpectedly. That's his reaction, right? That joke has been building for literally, I, I forget what season that's in, five or six, five or six seasons. They've been building up a backstory that makes that joke pay off amazing. That's what your verses and that's what everything should be doing in your song, building towards the payoff, building towards this one thing. Um, or, uh, you know, once you got the prequels for Star Wars, Vader's turn to the light and the conflict he has in six before turning to the light and just his whole character is given so much more death, uh, depth, sorry, death, <laughs> depth. And hits so much harder when you have that context of, you know, instead of just knowing him as the bad guy who turns, who always has the scary, you know, black armor and cape and, and you know, this helmet and, and this breathing, creepy breathing noise, right? And you have the context of, it was just a little kid with a lot of hope, right? It's, it's a young man in love who is kind of annoying in that episode but if you let that go right and then the whole, all everything in clone wars if you've watched that but and I understand you have to be a deeper fan for that most of you probably are not that that's okay um but all that adds this level of cuz you know Anakin the man uh not just Vader who happens to turn the light it adds so much to it that's what you want to do in your song right so when you go back to the past in your second verse maybe that that that's the job that it has, right? Add depth to this. Make me care more about the chorus the second time around and get hit harder by the chorus the second time around and the third time around and fourth if you have a fourth. Make sure it hits me harder each time because you're adding meaningful context. You're adding more building on top of what came before. So again, three rules of plot progressions. World build early, right? Establish your imagery early. Establish who, what, and where as early as possible. That way I have imagery to attach the rest of the song to. Because again, if you throw paint at a wall high, it will, gravity will take it all the way down. But if you just put paint, you know, two feet up on a wall, it's only going to go down, it's going to only cover those two feet. So everything that, any imagery you have colors the entire rest of the song. So get it out there early. Number two. Dry principle. Don't repeat yourself, right? Make sure each song section is adding something new to the table, has something to bring to the table nobody else has, or nothing else has, nobody else. Each one of your song sections is a person, apparently. Um, and then build on top of what came before. Don't build next to it. Songs four minutes. No time for anthology stuff. No time for side stories. No time for travelogues. None of that. Be focused. Be laser focused. Uh, we've talked about this before, but just to add one other tip in case maybe you're new here or something else, because I think this is important. Um, generally, narrower is better when it comes to a song. You know, always go one level deeper. Breakup song, boring. You know what's not boring, though? If you go even deeper, where we are in a specific moment of a breakup, that's very... That's very uh, or a specific emotion within a breakup, right? Because breakup emotions are, there's like a billion of them, right? So dive deeper, right? 
maybe this is a song that's two years later where you are uh, where you are actually happily moved on and you're kind of thankful that that person broke up with you, right? Getting more and more specific, not just like general, like you broke up with me and I'm sad. Like, no, 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 get, get more specific. Dive deeper, get more niche, if you will. Because that's what uh, ends up being more vibrant and meaningful. Uh, generic songs usually are, you know, just, they're not great and they're not memorable because nobody cares, right? We don't need another boy band song that's just created to make, uh, you know, teenage girls be like, ooh, he's talking about me, right? I mean, seriously, like listen to a boy band song. They're literally created for that very purpose. Like you'll notice they almost never say what color eyes her eyes are or what her color hair is. Why? Because they want all of the girls to be able to think that they're talking about them. And the second that they say blue eyes or they get anything specific about somebody besides you don't know you're beautiful or some crap like that, right? Now, all of a sudden, not every single female can put herself in those shoes. And that's the purpose of those songs. But what they sacrifice is any level of memorability or meaningfulness. And, you know, you can see through the charade of like, this is just built for the purpose that boy bands really are for, right? Like boy bands are, have a very targeted audience and everything that they do is, you know, processed for that end goal. Not exactly the most artistic groups, generally. Doesn't mean there aren't very talented people in them. I'm not throwing shade at that. I'm just saying. Boy bands, if you look at the lyrics, you'll notice. It's almost like they are specifically catered to do a specific thing, which is what I just said. But anyway, uh, it's not really a songwriter theory episode if I don't throw some shade at something pop-oriented, am I right? This, this was a classic, right? I talked about The Office, Star Wars, and through Shade Up Pop Music. All I need to do is diss Taylor Swift, and we've got the whole we've got the whole gambit, friends. Uh, but I will not do that today. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, you enjoyed this. Hopefully, this is helpful to you. Hopefully, you go off and implement this again. If you want to dive even deeper with me on the lyrical subject. Be sure to check out my free guide on the six-step lyric writing checklist. At the top, it has a checklist, an actual checklist that you can print out uh, and use if you find that helpful. Uh, but also, you know, the main the main part of this is I break down in a lot of detail what each step is. I give you images to show you examples of how I've done these steps in the past. Uh, so it really, really breaks down every step and gives you the details that you need. It's so songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Link will be in the description. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if this was a really helpful podcast for you, or if you've at least generally found these podcasts really helpful and you haven't yet, be sure to leave an Apple Podcasts review. Hey, I said it right this time. Give self pat on the back. Um, so Apple Podcasts, best place to leave a review. That's where it will help me the most. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much to those of you who have done that. Uh, I mentioned this before, but I, I saw that it just feels like it keeps picking up and more people keep doing it. Uh, one week recently, it was uh, three people in one week, which I think is a record, uh, which is awesome. Usually it's like one per week type thing when I actually bother to mention it 
Um, so it's been, it was at a rate for a little while there of one a week, but three in one week is awesome. But hey, this week, let's beat it. Five of you. Let's have five of you do it. Sounds good to me, right? Sound good to you? Good. Um, if you don't feel that this deserves five stars, though, if you could not tank the rating, that would be great. Instead, I would be happy to uh, receive your feedback, though. So it's Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at songwritertheory.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. Let me know how I can improve or how I can help you better, you know, subjects I can cover, things like that. I know there's still sort of a backlog of subjects that some of you have mentioned to me that I still plan on covering that uh, I haven't quite gotten to yet. Uh, some that I th- hopefully will get to soon is uh, modes. Um, that is something that someone has asked for uh, kind of a while ago, actually. So modes is one thing, and I'm currently forgetting some of the other things. I do plan on getting to those things. The struggle is always uh, how to teach it in an effective way. Should it be podcasts? Should it be videos? You know, do I want do one mode at a time? Uh, all that kind of stuff. And I want to make sure to do it right. But I have not forgotten those things. Uh, but although feel free to email me and remind me of, hey, can you cover this? Um, again, joseph at songwritertheory.com. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate every single one of you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I know technically we don't talk back and forth, but um, every time one of you sends me an email and we you know, send some emails back and forth and I get to talk to some of you and get to know some of you, even if it's at a really minor level, right? Like, like when I found out that there's a 12-year-old that wrote a really cool song uh, that you know listens to this podcast and I found out that there were some people that, for example, were moved by the episode where I talked about, hey, it's never too late. Songwriting is, you know, a legacy that you can leave people, right? And that I'd kill if, you know, my, my grandfather, I don't even know what his voice sounds like because he had his voice box taken out because of, uh, you know, lung cancer, basically, uh, from smoking. Uh, so the last time I heard his voice, I was probably five years old and I don't remember uh, so now I, I, I don't think there are any videos or anything, so I will never remember what his voice even sounds like. Uh, so, you know, if you're an older person or whatever, just think about like, Hey, you know, your grandkids, if, you know, someday we're all not going to be here. Right. And your grandkids or other loved ones or kids or, you know, nieces, nephews, whatever, whoever you have in your life. Right. They, uh, even something as minor as, you know, one song that you record, even if it's just you getting your iPhone out and recording that, that song, like they, they die for that. Uh, I gave tons of, anyway, more of the story. Some of you reached out to me about that, uh, which was awesome. It's really cool to hear that there uh, are people uh, like in their sixties and stuff that are doing this. I, that, that makes me super happy. Uh, there's something about the extremes and ages that just like is extra. So cool to me. Um, but anyway, Moral of the story is whenever any of you reach out to me, I hear your awesome stories, uh, how some of you also, you know, use songwriting to battle, uh, you know, demons, if you will, just to keep it generic here. Um, all, all that stuff, all that stuff. I, re- I really do appreciate every single person who emails me, um, which I, I try to express in sending usually pretty, pretty long emails back. Um, and that's because I really appreciate that. It helps, it helps me that, you know, Right now, I'm technically just talking into a mic looking at a computer screen, right? But um, 
getting to know all of you just a little bit and all those emails give me context, right? I'm bringing it back to the, it gives me context of who the people I'm talking to are, right? So as you're listening in your car or whatever, if you've sent me an email, you're, you're a person that is in my mind as, as someone I'm talking to, right? Some, someone that, uh, in any small way, maybe, you know, um, yeah, we, ha- we, we, we have, I don't know what the word is. A connection sounds weird, but sort of, right? Like, uh, a human connection. We're both songwriters. We've talked via email. You listen to this. So you're hearing me talk now. And right now you're thinking, Hmm, you're losing what to say, aren't you? Are you tired? And the answer is yes. It's one fifteen when I'm recording this at in the mo- like AM. <laughs> anyway, more of the story. I just wanted to make very clear again, my level of appreciation uh, for all of you, uh, especially when you leave Apple, po- Apple podcast reviews, extra helpful to me. I really appreciate that. And those of you who email me, I hope you know that that really is something special to me. Uh, whenever I hear from all of you, it it really helps uh, to, to, to give meaning to um, me doing these podcasts because I have to know that there's somebody actually listening. I see the stats and stuff, so I know people are listening, but uh, it makes it extra. That just is a number on a page, right? But when you send me an email, now it's a person, right? It's a name. It's somebody I'm talking to. It's somebody who's telling me their experience or what they learned. And I freaking love that. It's awesome. So thank you to all of you who have emailed me. All to say, if I if you feel like you can't give five star review, uh, all I ask is to, if you have it within your heart, don't tank the rating by giving it like three stars or something. Let me know uh, via email how I can improve, and maybe someday earn five stars from you because I don't want you to lie either. Don't put five stars if you don't think this deserves it. Certainly would never ask you to lie. Just ask you not to tank the rating. That's all. So thank you all. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will talk to you either in a video sometime this week or in next week. Next week. Or in next week. <laughs> no. Or in next week's podcast. Uh, talk to you all later. <laughs> <laughs>